It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and today I've got one Vikings player on a rookie contract who's going to take the leap next season. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. I got a Vikings player on a rookie contract. I think it get cut. I'm Arif with uh, Pro Football Network. I didn't know we were talking about players on rookie contracts. This is exciting. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Final gambling picks today. Can't wait to see what 12-leg parlay Sam Ekstrom has in store for us. It is a doozy, Spinman. Can't wait to unveil it today on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome in. I'm Sam Ekstrom, Locked On Sports Minnesota, with the Lukes and a Reef on the Minnesota Football Party. Glad you've joined us today, where we will deep dive into Brian Flores, the new Vikings defensive coordinator. Yes, we will deliver some intriguing names on rookie contracts for the Vikings, and we're drafting a trio of the best Super Bowl games ever. We'll see who can assemble the best team. Also, our Thursday regular Ron Johnson pops in to talk a little Super Bowl as well. You can find Locked on Sports Minnesota and the Minnesota Football Party in a multitude of ways. On the Amazon Fire Stick and Roku devices, find the Locked on Sports Minnesota app. Watch us on your smart TVs or on YouTube, Locked on Sports Minnesota. Smash that subscribe button and comment below. And you can also find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's kick it off with this. So, kiss of death on Monday, we discussed Ejiro Evero's denial of the Vikings. What does it mean? Will the Vikings go to Mike Pettin? And then hours later, our show became obsolete because uh, <laughs> they hired Brian Flores. So now that we've got the full crew together, I want nerdy, deep dives. I want schemes. I want blitz packages. I want the the good stuff on Brian Flores. What are the Vikings getting in this guy? Luke Braun, kick us off. Uh, Sure, yeah. The the 
Cliff notes are he a lot of blitzing, uh, a lot of five man rushes, and a lot of man coverage, a lot of cover zero, no safeties, send the house, living entirely on the edge of the earth, <laughs> which will probably be a pretty refreshing take to a lot of Vikings fans who are sick of watching the Vikings back off in defense and let everything get caught in front of them. Uh, gone are the days. There's a lot of off alignments, but that's still going to be like man coverage just with an off alignment because it's a big blitz. Um, yep, it's weird. An aggressive team now. <laughs> <laughs> Inman, I liked your stat a couple days ago when uh, we did our, our football party show. The blitz rates in his three years in Miami, 11th when they were really bad, they were 11th. And then once they got good, second in blitz and second in blitz. Those, I think, that that's the key indicator, right? That this guy is going to bring pressure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, fans have every right to just be excited. Like Luke said, like, oh, this is a new chapter here, a new era. I think you might actually see a breath of fresh air here. I mean, if anything, this guy's probably overqualified to still be a defensive coordinator at this point. Highly successful, third in coach of the year voting. I think it was 2020. Just an outstanding track record, a great resume. 11 seasons, I think it was, with Belichick in New England. KOC was there, actually, when he was drafted as a quarterback. So, maybe Maybe a little crossover there. KOC has seen his style, his character up close and personal. And he's a player's coach, just like KOC. I mean, players rave about him everywhere he goes. I know the last seven years in New England, he was a safeties or linebackers coach. So kind of exciting to think about what he'll be able to do when it comes to developing young guys like Lewis Seen and Brian Asamoah, knowing that's kind of been a specialty of his. But I just think, end of the day, what's most important, basically, he's everything Ed Donatel wasn't, right? I mean, no more just rush for hoping they get home and just playing that soft zone coverage behind them no more what you see pre-snap is what you get post-snap Vikings had ninth lowest pressure rate in the league last season that's going to change in a big way because this guy loves to bring the heat and if he doesn't bring the heat then he's showing you different looks he's showing you different disguises simulated pressures blitzes anything he can do just to confuse that quarterback make him hold on to the ball that extra half second anything to just disrupt the timing of the offense. That's Brian Flores' MO, and that dude's got his finger on the trigger, ready to start bringing the house whenever he needs to. So end of the day, man, last year, that defense was so bad, so slow, just so stale. This team just needed a dramatic change, kind of a breath of fresh air. And I think what's encouraging, too, you mentioned the stats in Miami. Kind of a similar situation the first year when he took over in Miami. That was the 31st-ranked defense. Didn't have a lot of help. Didn't have a lot of talent. And he got them all the way up to the middle of the pack after just one season. I think that's all fans are really realistically looking for here. Just get us back up to respectability again. And I think when you look at the talent the Vikings should be bringing back, at least as far as just kind of this core of guys on the roster, I think he'll be in an even better position to come out of the gate hot, have some early success, at least compared to what he had the first year in Miami. So that's fun. But everyone's going to be blitzing. Linebackers, <laughs> safeties, you name it. I mean, kind of similar to what we saw a lot with Zimmer, right, on third down. Like, just get everybody up there at the line of scrimmage. You don't know who's coming, who's going. Harrison Blitz or Harrison Smith. Blitz. Harrison Blitz. That's his Harrison new nickname. Blitz. Harrison Blitz. 2023. Right. What was the final number? 12 times, I think he blitzed last year. Jeez, I mean, he may, he may trump that by week two. 
I mean, not even kidding. Lewis seen too, more of a traditional in-the-box safety. He'll be at the line of scrimmage a lot. Brian Asamoah, we're all excited about what he's going to do with that speed. He'll be flying all over, but that's what Brian Flores does. He just does a good job of maximizing each player's kind of specific talents and unique skill set, and that's what good coaching does today in the NFL, and I think that's why everywhere he goes, players do rave about him. Let me let me tee a reef up with this stat. Speaking of safety blitzes, Harrison Blitz. This I love is going to be a thing, you guys. Safety blitzes from the Dolphins, 2021, 196. Yes. Safety blitzes from the Vikings in 2022, 19. <laughs> so 10 times more. That's more Miami. than one a game. What are we all complaining about? <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. Come on, guys. What do you um, want? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the Dolphins in particular had some some great safeties for safety blitzing. So um, I think that you could probably map that one to one a little bit, at least on what the Vikings will do. Yeah, I, I, I do find uh, the hire interesting. I think that it does say a lot about Kevin O'Connell, specifically about his ability to kind of move on from yeah. what he thought his preferred defense was. I think that that's a good thing that he. Uh, chose to find a coordinator that he thought was talented as opposed to a defense that he thought was good. I think that that's um, a, a sign of of uh, smart, humble thinking. Um, so that's great. Uh, but I also think that uh, I, we got to be careful, right? I think Luke's right that, you know, if we're, uh, if we're realistic, I think that what we probably want is to move that defense up from like last to about average, maybe a little bit below average, maybe a little bit above. But in that average range, that's fine. I think that we need to be careful uh, about – thinking about kind of like the way blitzing and make, I mean, cause it's, you know, over the course of those three years, number one in blitzing, uh, number 32 in the use of zone coverage, number one in uh, cover one rates, you know, it's, you know, that that's, that's the style of defense that we're used to seeing from the Belichick line uh, going all the way back to, you know, uh, back when Belichick was running hybrid defenses. Like we've seen Matt Patricia do it. You know, we've seen a bunch of, um, you know, defensive-minded people coming from that system do it. But we have to be careful because blitzing and not blitzing are not inherently better than the other. Man coverage and zone coverage are not inherently better than the other. I think that what's really ideal is to uh, not only just mix it up and have a, a diverse range of the things that you do, which is what we see in Miami, because if you're if you're number 32 in zone coverage rate, you're at about a 50-50 rate. That's Zone coverage is just prevalent in, in coverage styles around the league. So you do see a, a really great mix of, of zone and man in those systems. Um, and uh, obviously the second part of that is tailoring what your players can do to what your defense can do, which I think speaks to Luke's point about how when he first arrived in Miami – um, they were 11th in blitz rate. They weren't number two. They weren't number one or anything like that. They were 11th, right? Uh, and I think that that speaks to the, the talent that they had. That you know they didn't, you know they didn't have the, like the the real McCoy and Xavier Howard yet to be able to do all the man coverage stuff that they wanted to do and get him his picks, right? And so uh, they wanted to make sure that they had everything necessary to to run a scheme um, that's going to be as aggressive as they want it to be. Just kind of be careful about what this means. I don't think this rockets the Vikings up. And again, I don't think fans think it rockets the Vikings up to, to 10th or anything like that. But, you know, it's not inherently good that you blitz, but it's probably inherently better that you're willing to. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's probably the takeaway here. I do think that we're likely going to see a lot uh, a lot more safety blitzes, not just like uh, from what Luke said, from Harrison Blitz, but also I, I think that you've got um, some capacity there with Lewisine. Yeah, Lewis Seen's recovery. That's uh that's gonna be a big story going into next year. One other nugget that I like, 
2020 third down success rate defensively number one in the NFL in third down stops allowed teams just 31%. That's pretty encouraging as well. And how about this uh, Inman? Let me run this by you a little draft tell um, in Flores is three years in Miami. Christian Wilkins first round Raquan Davis second round Jalen Phillips first round to fortify that defensive line. Um, and they were all pretty good. What do you think about uh, Flores getting a little pass rushing help? Yeah, I mean, we talked about Kalijah Kansi from Pittsburgh, if he's still even there on the board at 23 when the Vikings are on the clock. But certainly, it's kind of this just assumption that Vikings have to take a cornerback. And it is a great cornerback class this year, but that also means that you can get great value in rounds two, three, four later on as well. So I don't think we should be pigeonholing ourselves. We already have three young cornerbacks on the roster with Booth, Evans, and Dantzler. That's all they have. Okay, that's all they have. You're right. So they're going to have to not only replenish that through the draft but also likely free agency as well yeah. so there's right, multiple so. options to go if they did take a cornerback in the first round I wouldn't be disappointed I don't think anybody would be but I'm glad that you brought that up Sam because at least it is somewhat of a tell like just don't assume in all these mock drafts that we start reading or writing for the next two and a half months that it has to be cornerback in the first round there is going to be options I will say it likely should be defense but not necessarily just cornerback Mm-hmm. Yeah, quarterback needs to be addressed like it is an emergency. But I think yeah, when we go into the draft, pick, right? Yeah, when we go into the draft, I think a lot of people say, "Okay, what's their biggest need?" Okay, that's what they'll draft, and that's just not how the draft t- mm-hmm. tends to play out. If there is not a corner that you like at twenty three, there's not a corner you think is worthy of taking that high. If there is an edge rusher or a wide receiver or a center or a whatever, then take the player you want. Because if you hit on that pick, you're very rarely going to be like, yeah, man, we got Christian Derrissaw, but I sure wish that, wish that was another wide receiver. Like, no, we're just really happy with Christian Derrissaw. So if you hit on the pick, you're going to be happy yeah. with it. And it's not. And w- with the depth of this cornerback class, I think you can yeah, still do what you need to do. The, the second at that round position, corners, especially in the second round, uh, some really high level players. I think at receiver and yeah. corner, there's, there's a really great sweet spot uh, in the second round. At least second round. Yeah, what's that? I've never heard of this. We don't, ha- we don't <laughs> yeah. have a second round. Definitely. And that's what kind of hurts and bums a lot of people out, obviously, not having that second rounder. Of course, you take that TJ Hawkins and trade that. 10 out of 10. But yeah, you'll we'll have a second rounder by uh, don't worry about that. 10 p.m. on yeah. night one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. I mean, otherwise, waiting from pick 23 to pick 88, that's just such a long wait. You're going to watch a lot of no these high end guys fly off the board. Yeah, it's, but certainly, it's, we all expect and I don't think Quazi is going to let that one go. <laughs> what, what are the odds? Come hell or high water, whether it's Dalvin Cook being traded right. or just a trade yeah, down right. in the first. That second round pick is going to appear. Right. Um, what are the fan duel say... odds of, of the Vikings having a second round pick this year? <laughs> That'd be great. Um, I do want to say this minus 300. <laughs> well, okay. Just for example, I was looking at the trade value chart. We always talk about moving down to the end of the first round. Well, what if they kept moving? Carolina has so many extra picks from this Christian McCaffrey trade. You trade down from 23 to 40, you get 40 and an extra third round pick and probably some late change, six or a seventh on <laughs> top so of it. Who are they trading up for? It's Carolina. That, it's Carolina, oh, I can man. Totally Don't see worry about it. Frank Wright. Yeah. yeah. Just say names. That's all you got to yeah. do. Anthony Richardson. There you go. We're good. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Well, well, wait a minute. If he's on the Panthers will have Derek Carr. Like that, uh, no, that is an inevitable marriage. Oh, you're going to go veteran again. <laughs> you say so. Uh, yeah. You're, Frank, right. Just, I can't trust rookies. Um, I, okay. I will say this though. I think that there is a difference between what happened 
in Miami and what they needed and what they invested in versus what the Vikings have, right? Because I think um, you take a look at the Miami defensive line. It was not phenomenal. The Vikings defensive line, at least, that that front four, that top line is great. It's genuinely extremely good. Um, you know, you don't have a Christian Wilkins who is kind of that the in the in the I, I just blanked on the name of the Packers nose tackle. Um, but in Kenny in, Clark. Yeah, Kenny Clark mm-hmm. uh, is in the mold of a Kenny Clark in that he can he can pass rush and run stop. And and that's pretty rare. And that's nice. And if there's one of those in the draft, maybe my understanding is that there isn't. This isn't really a defensive tackle draft. Um, but um I would say that because there's a lot of talent in players like Harrison Phillips, Dalvin Thomas on the inside, because you've got Zedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter on the outside, you don't necessarily need to invest or a first round pick like you probably did with Miami, given kind of the situation that they had uh, in their, in terms of their pass rush. So I'm not going to say that they're not going to do it. I'm just going to say that we, um, I, I'm, I'm open to every possibility that includes a wide receiver. I wouldn't hate a wide receiver uh, in the first round, right? Yeah. They need to improve their defense, but I mean, Having someone that you're really excited about uh, opposite Justin Jefferson and scoring points. I mean, the goal is to have the most points at the end of the game. However you do it seems like, you know, the the best way to go about it. So there's a lot of picks that they could make that I think are totally reasonable, understandable. Um, You can gripe about stuff like the the value proposition of drafting a center or something like that. But certainly there's a lot of picks that at least would make sense, right? If they drafted the center, you'd say, yeah, I get that. I understand why they would do that. They drafted a receiver, a cornerback, defensive tackle, edge rusher. I would understand all of those. I would say hopefully they don't draft a linebacker in the first round, but I would get it. Right. Because uh, you want a succession plan for Harrison Smith. You want or not Harrison Smith, Eric Hendricks. You want to pair somebody with Brian Esmo, who hopefully, you know, Brian Flores is excited about developing that sort of thing. And, you know, Jordan Hicks, obviously, is not to be that answer. So a lot of players that they could draft where, where, where it makes sense to you, which is, I think, a reason to trade down. Absolutely. I'm totally with a reef there, too. And that's why you always go BPA. It's super cliche, but you do like always. you can't focus too much on what your current situation or roster looks like to avoid a higher end graded player just because you think you're OK at that position now. Too fluid of a situation, like too many things happen. You go in thinking, all right, we got JJ, we got Adam Thielen's coming off a good year. And we just added this guy, Jalen Rager and KJ Osmart. Well, all of a sudden you go through the season. One guy takes a huge step back. He looks a little bit older and slower. Jalen Rager the guy you added that you were excited about doesn't really pan out. Not sure how high of a ceiling there is for that guy in this offense. And then you look back, you're like, man, we passed on a really good receiver because we thought we were good. Too much changes year to year not to stick to the board. And that's why you go through the entire draft process with the scouts and everybody else. And that's why you rank those guys. You got to stay BPA. Don't pigeonhole yourself just to one position because too much stuff changes. Inman, you, Reggie, Reggie Wilson, and I agreed yesterday that you know, the, the fit is best for Harrison Blitz, Harrison Smith, because just of the, the natural reasons we've mm-hmm. laid out, the, the, the leeway that he'll have to move around in the box and blitz and, and run around in circles. Maybe the worst fit, personnel-wise, might be, and he's not on the team, he's a free agent, but Patrick Peterson. Like, if anyone looked good in sort of the softer zone with a little more help, it was Patrick Peterson. I'm not sure how good he looks in a man-heavy scheme. Bron, would you agree with that? Yeah, well, yes, I definitely agree with that. I think the the zone match was the best for him. Um, and I guess you get whatever you got out of Patrick Peterson in 2020, which wasn't the worst, but also, I don't know, maybe we can get something more efficient elsewhere on the free agency market, and maybe Patrick Peterson wouldn't want to go back to 
something like that. Um, mm-hmm. He's already said he wants to come back to Minnesota. He likes his teammates. He likes the locker room. And as he, as players get older, that kind of thing starts to matter to them more. Uh, but as with all things, it'll, it'll be a bidding war and maybe somebody else will be interested. Maybe nobody will be interested. Um, we shouldn't pigeonhole ourselves. Like we shouldn't be too attached to guys like Patrick Peterson and Duke Shelley would love them both back. But there is a whole free agency market out there. We can too, look too late. I am attached to Duke Shelley. It's way, <laughs> way past that point. <laughs> they got to bring Duke back on a cheap deal. Right? I would there love is to bring Duke free, back. Have you guys looked at the free agents cornerback market that pool at all? It seems like yeah. there's five, six legitimate names out there that I think I would feel good about if they added any of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The best way to bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. Get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. And and guys, I'm not exaggerating. Just take 10 minutes and scan, and we'll do our props later in the show. Scan FanDuel's NFL page on the Super Bowl. There must be a thousand ways to bet, and I'm not exaggerating. There are so many ways. Uh, so check that out on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use, and you get paid your winnings instantly. They're the official betting partner of Locked On and the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel.com slash Locked On to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. FanDuel, make every moment more. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Um, we tease this in the open. Let's pay it off. I want a Viking, one Viking. And it sounds like Luke wants to, to rain on the parade. He wants to, to name someone who's going to get cut. But I want to name someone who's going to take the leap. Who is going to make that momentous jump in whether it's year two, year three, year four. Somebody who's on a rookie deal um, in 2023. Who is going to pop off the page? Let's start with Arif. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> the one who didn't prepare for this. Yeah, the one who didn't prepare. Um, okay, so I'm going to leave some of the more popular picks or kind of the easier picks uh, because I figured I would go last because I was less prepared, so I picked a somewhat more obscure one. Um, so I'm going to let you all dig into that. I think uh, Gophers defensive end slash defensive tackle Asesi Otomewo mm-hmm. I think has a real chance to, you know, make a, a big leap forward because I thought how we ended the season, which, you know, I've, I've talked in the past about how we can't overfocus on players that end the season strong history suggests that that doesn't tell us very much, but I think when you've got a rookie who was raw coming into the draft, who was raw coming into camp, who needed a lot of work to get ready um, when he suddenly becomes, you know, a more developed player um, that I think is pretty meaningful, or at least it seems meaningful. I'm willing to get tricked by it. Uh, and so I think that you, you put him in, a system where he can continue to develop same defensive line coach. You put him in a system that's going to open up more opportunities for him to rush the passer. Um, that's going to teach him to be a little bit better of a run defender. I think that there's a lot of things opening up for him, especially when you've got somebody that is really comfortable running hybrid fronts, somebody like Brian Flores, that's got the ability to put him in situations where he's comfortable. Because remember when he was, 
uh, in the draft. So he, you know, the gopher system, he was a four, three defensive end on the outside shoulder of the tackle, but he projected because of his size and length as a, as a five technique, as somebody who might two gap as a three, four defensive end. Um, he has the physical skill set for that, but he doesn't have the technical tool set for that. And I think that if you can develop him along those lines with somebody who has a hybrid front, take, uh, take advantage of that athleticism. Uh, and given what we've seen so far, I think there's an opportunity for him to, to, to pop off. I like that, and I thought he looked good last year. Luke Inman, who you got? Yeah, I kind of had the same mindset, actually. You can pick almost any of those guys from last year's class. Most excited about Brian Asamoa, and that was before Brian Flores was even brought in. Andrew Booth, too, knowing. I think Booth's going to be kind of forced to kind of sink or swim here pretty quickly in this defense, so how quickly can he adjust? Because there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, not just to stay healthy, but to adapt to this new scheme that leaves cornerbacks out there on an island playing that man coverage rather quickly. But I'm going to go, like, number three or four pass some of those easy ones. Patrick Jones, I just think he's a guy who kind of unofficially leapfrogged DJ Wanham as edge number three in the defense. Now he's kind of entering that pivotal year three, right? But I think he's shown the explosion and the ability to work his way into the backfield enough to where I think Brian Flores will get a hold of him and take his game to the next level. Even if that's just a situational pass rushing piece, I think he's got the tools just to be really successful under this new defense. Even if it is, again, just a role player. Flores was a linebacker coach in Pittsburgh last year. He knows how much he needs kind of that third pass rusher in the defense at times behind Zedarius, behind Hunter. I just think he'll be asked to play a little bit bigger piece of the puzzle than he was last year because by now I think we kind of know what he is and what he isn't. But in a league with just so many sub-package guys on the field, a reef called out these hybrid fronts that we're going to see, I think he can carve out his own kind of unique role and be successful under Brian Flores. So I'm kind of excited to see about Patrick Jones in year three. Bron, do you actually have someone that you want to cut? And can I guess who it is? <laughs> you can guess who it is, but I might holster that take and save it for camp. Mm. Oh, come oh, on, man. That Jesus. is, come on. Okay, no, people, fine, fine. Okay, guess who it is. You gave it to the people in the open. Right. Well, I okay, assume it's it not Ed Ingram. I think I'm going to ignore anybody who was a rookie last year. Uh, James Lynch is too boring. Patrick Jones? DJ Wano. No, but that would be a spicy one. No, yeah. it's Dantzler. Ooh. Oh, that is spicy. Okay. Wowie. Wowie. Yeah. Considering that there's there's only there's no four the corners yeah. under under contract mm-hmm. right now. One of them's on a reserve for, uh, futures deal. Yeah, I was like, who's the fourth? Okay. Kalen yeah. Barnes? Let's go. I think Kalen Barnes or like Tay Gowan or one of those guys. Uh hmm. but yeah, I, I think he's been that is jerked that's around true. a whole bunch of systems, which I think has really stunted his development. There have been many Ty Dunn articles written about how the brash coaching style did not mesh with Cameron Dantzler. So I'm not, I think of all of the people on the Vikings roster, if they're, if we're to pick a loser of the Brian Flores hire, it might be Dantzler. I, I'll, I'll say this. I, I don't think that your take is like completely out of pocket or anything like that, especially, but I will say um, outside of coverage busts, which I understand, you know, aside from that, how was the play Mrs. Lincoln? Right. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I get that. He looked really good when he knew what his assignment was and he was in coverage which I, I think he, he took a huge step forward. And I think that the Vikings want to invest in that. Um, and I know that you already took into account the fact that the Vikings just don't have cornerbacks. That was part of the spice and is the take, but I do yeah. think that's going to play a role in, in, in keeping him. But I, I like it. I like Definitely. the, the strength. I, I like it. It's too. a weird dichotomy. It's yeah, a, because 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, Flores is a guy who uh, walked up to Tua Tagovailoa in practice and said, if I knew you were going to be this bad, I would have drafted Mac Jones. Like, that's just his personality. <laughs> but because he gets results, you know, wherever he goes, most of the players love playing for him. Tua, but Tua is I not like built that. for that, man. Yeah. Tua is not built for that kind of guy. <laughs> Cam Dantzler. Yeah, you got to know who you're dealing Tua, with. Tua needs McDaniel to show him a thousand plays that where he's good, right? Isn't yeah, that what right. he did? Yeah. Um, yeah. The Dantzler dichotomy is so mysterious because Arif's absolutely right. Like the majority of plays, he looks good. He looks solid, but he keeps losing battles with like lesser, like Brashad Breland beats him yeah. out. Well, Duke so, Shelley. So the number one out. thing that gets players benched is not that they're bad at the techniques that they're taught or that they're unathletic or that they're unproductive. The number one thing that gets players bench is mental mistakes. That's right. That is why you get benched. And that's um, the stunted development I was referring right. to. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's why Dancer was losing out uh, battles to Duke Shelley. Right. And I mean, Duke Shelley was playing well, but like yeah. initially the Vikings were not anticipating that Duke Shelley would play well, but they kept kept doing it because he knew the assignment. Right. Um, so in, in like the very non TikTok meme way, but um, <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, but like that, I mean, that was critical, right? Because Dantzler, um, you know, 60 snaps, you're probably going to get 56 extremely good ones out of him. And you were probably not going to get that from the guy uh, that he got benched for. But those four are important. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, that's that's usually the, the, the primary reason that players get benched. Well, I have, I have a real answer to your question, Sam, that I, oh, we never got to that. Yeah, so right. y'all let me have all the easy ones. I'll take Lewis Seen. Uh, his recovery go. looks like it's going great. Um, he's weirdly great. Yeah, uh, mysteriously great. <laughs> is that even Lewis Seen? But you can't. There's no like clones. No, like, <laughs> you can't HGH your way into like bone growth, right? right? Like that's right. Like I don't know what's happening here, but I don't think it's illegal. I it's just exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a missile. That's what he was at Georgia. He's mm-hmm. line him up high and send him downhill. That's great for the Flores scheme. Uh, yeah, it is. Yep. Point and shoot. That's a lot of these rookies are point and shoot. And that's what Flores loves to do. I love it. Yeah. I guess there's also we're, a way to we're, put we're, Brian Asamoah, right? That's right, yeah. okay. Are we he's all in agreement, one. though? We're, we're most excited direction. about Brian Asamoah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we I've, just kind of deferred oh, on Hold Asamoah on. I haven't given my guy he, yet. He, is he it Brian Asamoah? No. So we, we, we all we all decided times. not to pick Brian Asamoah because it was so obvious and boring. Right. To right. Pick yeah, but Luke's right. I mean that that is like number one with a bullet, okay. um, <laughs> because he is one. Now let me let me ask you guys this: a little trivia question. So it's every like receiver right in the NFL with ten or more targets, number two in yards per route run is Tyree Kill, three point oh seven. It's pretty good. Guess who's number one? It's a uh, <laughs> receiver on a rookie contract. J.J. Osborne. Jalen Naylor. Yeah. <laughs> 5.77. I, I have Yards to per ask, route run. Does that does that include the routes that he ran on the fake punt? That's Probably. a great question. <laughs> I would assume so. Probably. Maybe. Well, I don't it's know. It's a high throw. Yeah. <laughs> He's like tw- he's twice he's twice the receiver Tyree Kill is in this yeah, one very I, specific ultra lie, filtered right? stat. But well, you know one what? Of my favorite uh, wide receiver stats from the 2022 season is that every wide receiver on the Vikings active roster outproduced Jam- Jamison Williams. 
You only have one catch, right? Yeah. <laughs> Against the Vikings? <laughs> well, yeah. One busted coverage. That's all he was did that in his the, like, only, six or seven games. Was that on the whole season? His only only dude, catch? look it up on, on yes. PFR. Yeah. Correct. Dude, they're like, they're, okay, so this is weird. Like, people have been weird about Jameson Williams because they've just assumed that ever since he showed up on the active roster, he's been great. And he's been fun to watch and he's been getting open, but like, that he's not getting the ball. And so there have been 2022 redrafts where the Vikings don't trade down and draft Jameson Williams and they leave like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on the board. Oh, and it's what? like, the ESPN on, plus one. It was wild. Yeah. That, was, like, that one was clearly wild. a was hot that the one where Brock Purdy, Purdy went, went fourth in that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. I saw two okay, of them. I, I respect went fourth the energy of that one. one because at least I get it. I it's, totally yeah. disagree. I get it though. Cause it's a quarterback, <laughs> it's, right? Like, whatever right. you're debating. Right. I get it. Yeah. Right. But like, come on, man. Chris yeah. Olave had a thousand yards with Andy Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. He was a stud. Yeah, everyone's talking about Garrett Wilson, rightly so. Yep. And, you know, to me, 1A is Olave, 1B is Garrett Wilson, but I th- mm-hmm. you can choose whichever one you want, right? Mm-hmm. But Olave got lost in this conversation. He is been totally. phenomenal. Yeah, under yeah, flew under the radar somehow, some way. I mean, for the first seven, eight weeks, like he was in that discussion the whole time. And I don't know if yeah, the, I remember he had that concussion, that really bad concussion um, for I mean, a few no one, weeks. No one wanted just, to watch Saints football. Plus, yeah, uh, yeah. Wilson's right. highlights were just kind of more exciting because after catch stuff is always more exciting, right? Than before catch stuff, so mm-hmm. it's like the Percy Harvin effect. Mm-hmm. And the Jets had quite a moment in November when they, they were did. Percy like, Harvin almost Urban winning Meyer's the AFC East. <laughs> Mike White, yeah. <laughs> and then they Tom fired Johnson the offensive shortly. coordinator. All right, yeah. It's, good job, Jets, man. Really killing it. <laughs> Ron Johnson joins next. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Instant reactions, game recaps, Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, while we wait for Ron, let's update the parlay standings. We go into Super Bowl week. Luke Edman has hit two out of three. That's pretty good, Luke. Hats off to you, man. Luke has 660 in the black. The rest of us have lost 500 each week. And we are minus fifteen hundred, so we've got to make up two thousand buckaroos. And since it's the Super Bowl, I think we got to go twice as big. I think we got to prepare two parlays for today for the Super Bowl, just to give us a chance at catching you, Luke. What do you think about that, guys? There's like there's literally a thousand possible bets. Yep. Uh, I mean, sure. I just have to make sure I construct it. Some of the bets are not parlayable. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, really frustrating that's, that's me tricky. the other night. That's, yeah. yeah, so annoying. Yeah, and I don't know what, like, does it have to say same game parlay, have that little logo it's, on it? But, like, every so often I'll throw in one that doesn't have the little logo, and it works. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I yeah. but the logo is a good guide, at least. But I hate it because it's restrictive. Yeah, for sure. Um, we can start those. While we await Ron Johnson, we also have our best Super Bowls of all time draft coming up a little later in the show. Um, order doesn't really matter for this because we're not going to overlap. Um, so why don't we start with who has one prepared? For one of my two, I'm running it back. I didn't hit on this one last week. If you guys remember, it's maybe a low risk, low reward. But that's been my strategy during this. And so far, I've hit two of three. Jalen Hurts, over eight and a half carries, over 15 and a half yards. Only gets me plus 125, but I'm going to run that one back. I don't think he can go back to back games and not hit that. Right, guys? Right? Guys? 
Uh, over eight and a half carries, over 50 and a half yards. I hear that right? Correct. Plus 125. Okay. So I'll go. This is also very Hertz based. Hertz, anytime TD, and then an alternate yardage line, 225 passing yards. I'm banking on the Eagles to win by double digits. Eagles Ooh. are going to win big. Ooh. So alternate Eagles line. Spicy. Minus nine and a half. If you like the Eagles by double digits, I would assume you would like the over as well, just knowing that the Chiefs are probably at least going to score some garbage stuff. Just being yeah. down by that much and just having to pass so much, I would think you would love that over 50 and a half, which is, I mean, it's a high just in general, but isn't ridiculous for these two teams. I'm kind of banking on the Chiefs offense to be a little depressed with their lack of pass catchers, and maybe the Eagles are able to get after Mahomes kind of like the Bucks did mm-hmm. a couple of Super Bowls ago. Like the over-under in that Super Bowl ended up being like, or the point total was like 37 or something crazy mm, okay. um, because the Chiefs just couldn't score. So there's one of mine, and that amounts to plus 828. Man, I really want it. So here's what I wanted to do. I'll just tell you. I wanted to combine Jarek McKinnon anytime touchdown score just because I wanted redemption on that one, of course. I wanted Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown score. I wanted uh, Kansas City Chiefs minus six and a half, and I wanted Juju Smith's shoes for 25-plus yards. And then I wanted to add in Travis Kelsey, Super Bowl MVP at plus 1,600, right? Um, so it was going to be a Chiefs-centric, Kelsey-centric one that um, uh, without the MVP, it's plus 1,666. The parlay is plus... 30,022. <laughs> 30? Th- Wait, read it off Let's again. Go. I guess yeah, I give, zoned give out. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know if I like this anymore. What is it now? <laughs> I don't know if I like this anymore. Jarek McKinnon, anytime touchdown. Correct. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Correct. Kansas City Chiefs, minus six and a half. Correct. Juju Smith-Schuster, 25 plus yards. Mm, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> why, why was that and then, and then travis kelsey super bowl mvp i don't believe a tight end has ever won super bowl mvp what if mahomes has to like leave midway with the ankle so right the quarterback and then, play and then, is split and kelsey has the big yeah. game mm-hmm. there you go yeah yeah so any yeah, anything is possible so that's my, that's my parlay plus thirty thousand and twenty two. okay that's all right that's wild that is, that is wild i I will be extremely entertained if it all happens with the exception of the MVP. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I just threw away a plus 1600. Just un- I yeah, unbelievable. Braun, what do you got? Philadelphia Eagles money line. Over 50 and a half. And Jalen Hurts over 49 and a half rushing yards. That's my my conservative one. But we're doing two, right? So I can put together a crazier one. That's plus 451. And it's an all Eagles one. So you and I are rolling Eagles. Arif is pretty heavy Chiefs. This is interesting. All right. So there's one each. Uh, Ron Johnson, still tardy. Um, shame on him. That's all right. Uh, who wants to go next? I've got Miles Sanders, first Eagles TD. Travis Kelsey first TD of the second half because the Chiefs are going to say what are we doing guys we're behind by 20 we need to get right and they go to their guy they go to Travis Kelsey out of the locker room Ah, I don't don't think they say a word to each other down 20 at the half I think that's just normal (laughs) just normal dialogue yeah it's just hey how you doing how's the wife how's the kids good Good? (laughs) all right plus 39.55 uh, AJ Brown over five and a half receptions. 
Mm. Jalen Hurts, 225-plus passing yards. That was mine. Um, Miles Sanders, under 61.5 rushing yards. Kenneth Gainwell, anytime touchdown. And Eagles, second quarter winner. Um, and there's no there's no push on this one because the tie was an option. So a push. Uh, so if they tied, you know, that I would I would lose that in this case. Um, plus sixty five thirty. I went all special teams. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Aaron Sippos odds? Uh, no. I I have Kansas City Chiefs to miss a point after. Yes. Oh, that's good. 60. That's a good one. Will either kicker successfully make a 55 plus field goal? Yes, at plus 440. And will the Kansas City Chiefs punt in the game? No, plus 2000. Because they'll go for it every time. Every time? They like yeah. Tommy Townsend. Nah, they're going for it. <laughs> that is uh, plus 74,744 odds. The goal was expressly to not be rational. So yeah, we hit, we, we, we got there. My, my plus 30,000 was rational. It was <laughs> my plus 74,000. I had to, that's up crossing me. the line. Luke. That, whoa, whoa, whoa. Too far, dude. Too I'm not far. a super fast typer. All right. So Jalen hurts. Anytime touchdown chiefs win the first half Eagles win regulation. Travis Kels over seven and a half receptions. Over 49 and a half total and two point conversion adds up to 12,688. That's fun. All right. Good nice. luck, everybody. All right. All right. What are we Have doing? Fun. What, what are we doing? You're right, Luke. This is our weakness on the show. And I like to think of myself as a creative driver of the show, not when it comes to rewards. I'm really bad at the, the rewards. What do you want? What do you want in life? Okay, as of now, until somebody comes up with a better idea, the winner gets to choose all three other people's Twitter profile picture for a week. That's it. TVPG, nothing crazy, nothing wild. Just something TV funny, TV. light, lighthearted. You know, boys will be Sounds boys. Great. Ron Johnson joins us. He's the host of the Ron Johnson Show. Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, roundtable on Friday. Can't wait to get your take on the D-load trade tomorrow on the roundtable, Ron, but this is a football show. Uh, Super Bowl, what does your head tell you about who's going to win, but what does your heart tell you about who you want to win? How are you uh, How are you going about that? Who do you want to win versus who do you think will win? Uh, well, my head is going to – my heart is going to take me to wherever my parlay is going to go. I haven't officially decided – uh, which route I'm going to go, Eagles or Chiefs. Uh, so whichever one I land on, that's where my heart's going to take me because you know me, Sam. Anything for FanDuel, uh, if I can win it, I'm in it. So uh, my my heart, though, or sorry, my head tells me the Eagles. I just feel like the Eagles defense, um, you think about Patrick Mahomes and his ankle, uh, Hassan Reddick has been playing lights out. I just feel like the Eagles defense, and then that offense is so multifaceted, and they have what the Chiefs don't, a quarterback that's healthy. Uh, his shoulder a little banged up, but the fact that he still can run, uh, when you watch that one run play uh, where it was a zone read, but also to the right was a bubble screen, to the left was a fade. There were four plays within one play. And so Nick Sirianni uh, has been a mastermind at putting that together. So my head's telling me the Eagles. I just feel like, you know, whenever they get to these moments, they just have a different gear they can hit. They have a different bully mentality they can get to. So I'm going with the Eagles. 
Ron, we talk a lot about this new Flores defense. He loves the blitz. I'm just curious as a former receiver in the NFL, what's it like on, say, like third and seven, seeing pre-snap, the pressure's coming. You know the quarterback has to get the ball out quick. But at the same time, you look up, cornerback's got no safety help. You see a lot of grass in front of you if you can make a play. What's just the biggest obstacles pre-snap for an offense just from a communication standpoint with your quarterback when you know the blitz is coming? And I guess as a receiver, do you prefer that over like a normal coverage, like the too high safety look? Well, it depends on the quarterback. So if it's a mobile guy, um, it, the pressure is going to look a lot different than a guy like Peyton Manning, for instance. And so let's just put Kirk Cousins in the Peyton Manning group as far as athleticism. Um, when, when you think about that, for, for a guy like Kirk Cousins, his goal is mentally how can I dissect this blitz? So who can I make sure is picked up? Uh even when they show seven-man, eight-man pressure, all seven aren't coming. So which six are coming and how do I pick those up? Five linemen, one running back. Sometimes they will send seven, and that's when you see a guy come scot-free. Well, when they send seven, that means there's only four DBs out there, and I have three to four receivers in this route. So in that instance, it's you got to win. You got to win early. You got to win at the line. And so you got to pick your best matchup. Uh, for a receiver, uh, like wedding crashers, is knowing if I'm the hot guy. You know, if it's hot route, hot route, like if I'm if I'm the high, and then, you know, because literally I, you, you've heard mic'd up quarterbacks make a check and then players on the team are like, is that an actual check? Like, it, was that for real? And so, you know, that happens in games where quarterbacks forget what week they're in and they call the wrong hot route or the wrong check and their receivers down the right pace. So you got to know if you're the hot guy, like if, if I'm the guy where if the linebacker comes or this unblocked guy comes, I now have to change my route to a slant. Um, funny story, Peyton Manning did that with Ben Utech one time. I think Ben Utech told us this on my show earlier in the year. We had to get him back on the show. But uh, Peyton Manning threw the ball at the back of his head. Ben Utech was the hot route. Ben didn't run the hot route. Peyton was like, well, I'm not getting sacked, so I'm going to show everybody you're the idiot. And he threw the ball at the back of his head. And so, <laughs> and so, and so when they broke the play down, like when they broke it down as a team, Peyton Manning broke the team down for practice and said, some of y'all need to put those guitars and that music down and get into the playbook because clearly you don't know the play. And so that's that's what pressure does. It, it makes the wrong, it makes everybody have to be on the same page. And if you make one mistake, that's when you see that ball fly over somebody's head and his interception. That's when you see, you know, the Dwight Smith, Tampa Bay uh, versus Raiders. You know, they were just throwing it out. The Neil O'Donnell Steelers Cowboys just throwing it out there uh, where there's, you know, he thinks the guy knows the route is, hey, you're hot. And you, you don't run the hot route, and I'm going to throw it anyway. Well, it's a pick. So that's that's what a quarterback and receiver goes through. Like, you, we have to be on the same page. If not, one of us is going to look stupid. I love that Ben Utech got, like, United Wade in that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that commercial. That was, that was awesome. that little kid. Ben was that little kid. Like, you saw <laughs> Uh, well, okay, so I got to ask, like, um, kind of related to that, honestly, is uh, I think last week someone asked Jalen Watson, like, hey, isn't it really cool that you got this secondary full of rookies? You're all playing at a high level. You know, what's going on there? And Jalen Watson goes, what rookies? Right, which is obviously, uh, you know, an argument about how, you know, they're so seasoned. They've been playing so long. It doesn't really feel like they're rookies anymore. It's the Super Bowl. Is that true? Like, I, I just feel like being a rookie at the Super Bowl is – is so qualitatively different that even being a second-year player at the Super even if it's your first Super Bowl, uh, 
Do you, do you still feel like that that is a concern? And that I mean, I love that Kansas City secondary. I've got a ton of respect for Spagnolo, but that that's just a concern for me. They're just the rookies. Uh, Antoine Winfield was just a rookie too, and they won a Super Bowl. So, um, no, I, I think when you go through 17 weeks of a season, you go through three weeks of training camp, you go through OTAs. Um, that's a lot of football from week one and two. And uh, at this point, too, there's nothing special. I mean, other than the Philly special, there's nothing special. Um, that the Eagles can do that we haven't seen on film at that point. You have 18-plus games of film. You have two-plus years of Jalen Hurts to kind of watch the film. So uh, unless Nick Sirianni is sitting back like mad scientist and he's, like, trying to devise all these ring-around-the-rosy plays that the Chiefs do and stuff like that, um, at this point, your your job is the the playbook is in, uh, the scheme is in, uh, there's not a lot that's going to change. Like I said, Trent McDuff- McDuffie, when you see like his contributions and, and how he makes plays, it's just being in the right place at the right time. And I think that's the key for this defense. Now, the only thing that could happen to a rookie, and this is anybody in their first Super Bowl, is overexertion, meaning you come out way too – you Kevin Hart the bit. Like you take way too many shots of liquor, and before the you know post game, you're drunk. And and that can happen with players. You can be you can be drunk with exhaustion, where you just overexert pregame. You overexert dancing, you know, on the sideline before the game starts. You're you're crying at the national anthem. Like you're just wasting so much energy, and you want to make a play so bad that by the third quarter you're exhausted and you're just oh you're you're you you've wasted so much energy. So I think for those first year guys, um, especially rookies, it's it's keeping that keeping calm. Like stay calm is a long game. It's a lot like halftime is long. So it's oh, a lot. So I was going to, I was going to so, add in every break is longer, like halftime yeah, is longer. Yep. Every commercial mm-hmm. break is longer. Your, 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 your 10 seconds are now 20 seconds. Your 20 seconds are yeah. 40 seconds. So like everything that you yeah. do is going to take longer and you've got so much more downtime that if you're the kind of person that like hypes yourself up during downtime, a lot of people are, you know, there's like, there's more you got to get through. So that's, that's a really good point. Right. Yeah, no, it's a lot. So, I mean, I mean, we're they're going to be worried about, like, again, you're right. How do I take this calm break and then get back ready to go? Because it was a long commercial. Eminem, I mean, I'm more worried about what Eminem's going to do. Like, is Eminem candy going to really have Maya Rudolph? Or are we going to see the Eminem spokespeople back? Like, what's going to happen? Like, everybody wants to know. So that will be an incredible advertising strategy to make a huge stink about how they're gone and then bring them back like two weeks later. <laughs> well, look, any, anything's sure. better than baby peanut. I think well, the, the bar is low. Baby nut. They have a commercial right now on SportsCenter. So like that one Eminem is doing the blue screen on SportsCenter and the screen makes them have red, half blue. So I, I feel like it was a, I feel like it was a market employee. Like, Oh Are yeah. We really gonna get rid of Eminem people? Like, come on. It's not no even way. Real- no, I, I think you're right. And we're just gonna kind of see what that because they want a storyline. I think we're right. gonna see what the storyline is. I just there's like so many ways to screw it up, right? It because is. like like the planner's peanut baby nut thing, no one liked that, right? And so you just gotta you can't be that. You gotta you gotta you gotta go somewhere, especially because the way they screwed it up is they first they announced the planner's peanut death, like the same week Kobe died, and it's just like, oh. Oh man, you could not have started this <laughs> That's off right. worse. Yeah, you could not have started this oh, off worse. And it was a whole stunt to bring out just a baby version of the peanut that already no one liked. I want to bully that baby, right? <laughs> That's it's a bad spot. So the M and M's have like a lot of pitfalls they got to avoid here. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. At least they didn't say bust a nut. That would have been bad. <laughs> <laughs>
Ron, what do you got for Ron? Ron, let's say you are approached by Commissioner Roger Goodell, and he says, we're going to give the Vikings a draft pick. If they lend a player to one of these Super Bowl teams and that team wins, to make it hard, let's say you can't say Justin Jefferson, who are you sending where? Ooh. So I just have to lend them a player for the Super Bowl. just the game. Just the game, but for the Super Bowl, and it can't be Justin Jefferson. Who would I lend to them? Hmm. Ah, that's a tough one. That's a that's a that's a weird question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah welcome to Luke Braun. That's yep. that's very it's very very specific. A little weird, but, dude. Um <laughs> I would probably like if if I'm lending them a player, I'm probably gonna lend them uh Dalvin Cook for the lack of usage he had this season. I'm gonna get him some more carries uh with the Chiefs or the Eagles, either one, because like the Eagles RPO with Dalvin them. Cook. Uh, would be ridiculous uh, when you think about that run game and the production they're getting out of, uh, not saying no-name guys, but Miles Sanders and another guy wearing number 14. forgot his name. Um, Gainwell. But was it, yeah, how do you say it? Gainwell. Gainwell. Yep, yeah. So when you think about, you know, what they're getting out of Gainwell and then what they're getting out of Miles Sanders, I, I could see Lyndon Dalvin Cook, you know, just because he, he wasn't overly – I mean, he didn't have more than 22 carries in any game all season. So, yeah, I would lend him Dalvin Cook. Ron, we appreciate your contributions as always. Uh, Roundtable tomorrow, D-Low reaction, and RJ's parlay. You don't want to miss that. Uh, We'll see you then, Ron. Yeah, and the Lakers are looking Mm. like the Timberwolves right now. Mm. So we'll see what that team ends up doing. Yeah, see if they can uh, eke their way into the 10th seed. If Jared Jared Vanderbilt, D-Low, and uh, Malik Beasley take the Lakers to the playoff like close to the Final Four, clearly the Timberwolves made a mistake. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good tease. Roundtable tomorrow. Ron, Luke, Reggie, myself. Uh, Thanks a lot, Ron. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Appreciate you. All right, gents. Here's how we end the show. I have listed all of the memorable Super Bowls, all of the possible announcing teams, and all of the recent halftime shows. We are selecting a team of the three best Super Bowls that you can assemble plus your favorite announcing team, your favorite halftime show. So it is a basically a five-player team. Uh, we will make it a blind vote on Twitter. And let's just start with Luke Inman. Why don't you start? We'll go around the horn. So you would Harley think... Leader. Yeah, you would think I would go with the game here, but I think this selection for a halftime show is going to get a lot of votes. I'm going to go with Prince 1-1 one, one mm. overall. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, we all had Prince's or one one. I think we all wanted <laughs> yep. to pick a halftime show. All right. We all wanted to pick. We know the one. audience. The yeah. games are coming later. <laughs> yeah, I still think there is okay. a, another great halftime show though up there that I would feel more than happy with. That I think will get a lot of votes. Right. That's the only uh, reason I, I, I thought maybe not. I'm there too, but the problem is I think Prince was such a clear one one. Right. Uh, the advantage of the of the next best halftime show I think is big, but I think mm-hmm. the advantage of the top announcing duo is huge and i think sam's going to disagree with this uh, with me on this one because he actually knows announcing duos but i'm playing to an audience here i'm picking summer all madden oh nice pick yeah, yeah you're appealing to like the giles ferrells of the world who nice are pick. yeah addicted to summer all and madden who i i don't have the Look, you, grew, you grew up playing madden that's iconic right. yeah 
Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't. I, think I know that this summer all ruined it for me. Summer all ruined that tandem for me. Madden was good. Mm. All right. Does that mean I get uh, Super Bowl Forty Two Giants Patriots? I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Great David Terry helmet catch. Great pick. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not going to complain. I will just so people. My thoughts are pretty clear on that one. I will put helmet catch in the parentheses so that that's everyone's good. clear about which one yeah. that is. Yeah, that's good. All right, that leaves it to me. Um, I think that the announcer tandems are fairly even at this point. Mm-hmm. I do think Summerall and Madden has sort of that mystique. Rest in peace to them. Um, halftime shows, again, do I go... Um, oh, but I should also put like where we drafted these uh, these two yeah. so people yeah, can yeah. rip us for our our draft order. Um, like I don't want to go halftime show too early because i don't think they're any worthy of being my first round pick so i think i got to go game um and i think with tom brady retiring people are talking about 28 to 3 patriots falcons is uh is my first round selection i am also going to do another game uh and i think boy See, I think Patriots-Panthers was an amazing Super Bowl that no one talks about. I think Steelers-Cardinals was an amazing Super Bowl that no one talks about. No. I don't want to be like too heavy Brady here, and that's also a temptation. Like Patriots-Seahawks is great. Um, they, they were in a lot. Of, so here's the thing, because I ranked them all, right? The problem yeah. is that the Patriots were almost entirely, or Brady was almost entirely until very recently, only in three score games, Right. And so when you've got a team that has been in like nine Super Bowls or whatever and has only been in three, mm-hmm. four games, they're going to appear at the top of a lot of these lists, mm-hmm. even if you don't like them. They're exciting. Yeah. When you say three score games, you're sorry, three mean? point games, three point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're yeah, right. Patriots Super Bowls were almost always great, except for like the Rams one. Yeah. Um, I am going to go with Patriots Rams, just where it all started. Very iconic. Um, that's such a good one. You should definitely make sure that people know it's not the recent Patriots Rams one. That yeah, you got you got to pick. Yes. You got to say 2001 or, or something. Brady's first. Brady's first. So I want to put off halftime show, but I don't think I I, I don't know who a reef's going to take, and I don't want to risk it. I'm going to take Beyonce. God. Mm. Yep. Knew I had to. You you had it. You you that was the correct read. God. But I think Arif's right that like taking Prince is going to be the. Yeah, I. If I was gonna, I was gonna pick a halftime show only if Beyonce was still available. That's the problem. I agree, Luke. There are some other really good ones here. I don't think I put this on the list. You can go off script if you want to go to like the Grambling State yeah. Band from yeah. Super Bowl Four. You are welcome to do that. This is not a comprehensive <laughs> list. I also don't have the wardrobe malfunction on there. If you want to go a little PG thirteen. Uh, isn't that what Timberlake is here? Well, is Timberlake, was, I think he had a separate performance. Oh, okay. It was 2018, right? Yeah. He he had a redemption, a redemption yeah. tour. I'm not going to pick what I ranked as number two. I think that people will remember this one as a better Super Bowl than the one I had ranked two or three. I think they're both great, but I'm picking Steelers Cardinals. I think that the moments That's of that great. Super Bowl oh, are so memorable. That pick six where Fitz oh, almost catches him. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! Yeah. Going like, into halftime, dude. Uh, so I feel like that so one would be Larry higher Fitzgerald, if the Cardinals won. 
Because I feel like a lot of people really wanted the underdog and really wanted oh, yeah, yeah. the story of the Cardinals. And then it was disappointing because it was like, ah, just the Steelers again. And I think that makes it fall down people's list way more than it should. Uh, even though the, the San Antonio a, a, Holmes catch, it was yeah, incredible. So Fitz had a 63-yard touchdown catch, and it was the and it was one of the better touchdown catches I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. That's saying something. Um, and it was the fourth best touchdown of the game, right? Yeah, like, like that's mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was crazy. Inman. All right, back to back. Let's go with Patriots Seahawks. And let's go. First of all, I just got to say, sitting there watching you guys just pluck all those great games after I went a halftime show 1-1, I had some regrets. You were right to pick a halftime I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, no, I I think that's going to be worth it. That was tough. Yeah, Uh, Patriots Seahawks feel good that there was at least one of those top-tier games still left up there. And then I'm going to go with... That was my number three all time. Was it? I'm going to go with Giants Patriots Part 2, the sequel. What is the defining element of that game? Is it the Manningham catch? I, I think the Manningham catch, uh, but also specifically Bill Belichick, which we didn't even get until after the game, but Bill Belichick telling his secondary on the sideline, we need to get them away from Victor Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we need to get them to the secondary receivers like Manningham. Mm, and yep. then you see that, <laughs> right? Unbelievable. Crazy. What a throw. What a well, throw. It, it, it was an incredible yeah. drive. Manning the Manningham was as he's hit, he's he's off of his back foot. It's perfect to the sideline. But he has he has other ones where he is getting out of the pocket. He's doing anything he can, and he's throwing it deep. There's another one to Manningham. There's another one to Steve Smith, different Steve Smith, who was phenomenal. Um, just just an incredible. And obviously, there's the Victor Cruz touchdown. He's doing the salsa. It's just it's such a good Super Bowl, and I think people forget because the 2007 one is mm-hmm. like you know iconic. But like. That that's that's one of my top Super Bowls. Like I, I can't get over it's it. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Okay. Um, I actually don't know if I have the same halftime show ranking here, but I think I'm gonna take it. Um, I'm gonna go with Lady Gaga. Oh man, there's such a, a cliff after the Patriots Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's some fun ones, but the, there were some real greats in the last like ten years. Mm-hmm. I really want to take Eagles Patriots. Like that is clearly the best game left. But I also know that most of the voters are Vikings fans. I know and I feel like tough. that one still stings. I know. And I kind of I want to pander a little bit and go a different direction. So I'll go old school and I will take the Scott Norwood Giants Bills game. There you go. By the way, I think the only one of those four Bills games that is worth putting on this list. Oh, for sure. Because I, I went through every Super Bowl, just like kind of looking at teams and score. The, the, the amount of one possession Super Bowls for the first 35 of them, like, it's like four. Really? Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, like, wow. yeah. Uh, whose fault is that? But yeah, it's, it's tough to find some of these, uh, some of these close ones. Um, and uh, at least one of the close ones uh, was an awful game, an absolutely awful game. Uh, just because it was like there were 11 turnovers um, and they oh, were yeah, more Super mistakes. Bowl five. Than, right? Yeah. Cowboys Colts. Known as like one. the worst game of all time. <laughs> it's up there. Yeah, I didn't put it as the worst game, but it's it's well worth that that discussion. So I think Ravens 49ers majorly being slept on. Think, yeah, of, okay. think of all the elements of this game. You've got like a, a spectacular Jacoby D- Jones receiving touchdown and a return, and touchdown. return touchdown. You've got a high scoring game. You've got a massive comeback. You've got a Huge goal line comeback. stand at the very end. That was a great a Super game. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So but I've the, used up all my games. 
The issue with that Super Bowl is um, it's better in memory than it was in practice, just because yeah. waiting is awful. Yeah, that was like a really weird party, like totally True. everything grinded to a halt. Yeah. For so, like an hour. There's that. But you're not competing with someone experiencing it in real time. So you get to you get yeah. to throw it in there because you get their memories of it. Um, all right. I'm going to make the selection that will uh, lose it for me, um, which is Buck Aikman, who. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I lose. We already knew that. I'm going to stick to my <laughs> guns. I definitely don't want to take an announcer duo. So I'm still taking games. I think I'll go with one yard short Kevin Dyson Rams Titans. I don't like how old my list is. I got my most recent game is 2007, but at least I got no, Rams play. Titans is good to pick there. That was going to be my pick. I was hoping you were going to pick Eagles Patriots. I have Eagles Patriots I as can't. the second best Super Bowl of all time. I get I it, yeah, I but it's an it. audience thing. I totally agree. Yep. I can't so I was going to, I was going to pick uh, the Dyson because yeah, it's an old one, but it has one of the most famous uh, photographs in football history in it. People are going to know. Yeah. Kind of. So long People as you put. Think of Rams Titans. Like you yeah. see a Rams Titans game this year and people will think about that. That play. You're up. That's tough because all of my top six are taken except Eagles Patriots. Um, I, I feel like I have to. I have to absorb the audience hit with that one. I'm going to take Eagles Patriots. Yeah. If you didn't, I had to. Mm hmm. I was going to. So I'll take Patriots Panthers and then coming back, my announcer. <sighs> Romo's been taking some heat as of late. If this was a year ago, Romo probably would have been, you know, 1 1, but Romo's been taking mm -hmm. some heat. I'll go Michaels Collinsworth, I guess. I love Kevin Harlan. He, he's my 1 1, but I just don't think it's going to give me a lot of votes. So give me Michaels Collinsworth. You would also have to listen on the radio if you chose Kevin Harlan. Right. Uh... Kevin Harlan's good though. Harlan's amazing. I'm like thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> right? Just Dude, just to see if it's I would exactly the hell out of you if you did that. So Good Rams much. Rams Bengals is the only one that I have on the list, unless you want to go off off list. I was um, thinking about the Packers Broncos John Elway's last one. Screw oh, you! I was thinking about I was actually uh, taking for real. Oh, yeah, man, and but now it, now it feels bad because <laughs> I you it seems like you came I up with it. the idea. But at Broncos Packers, they're my 10th ranked game. I didn't want to take 49ers Bengals because they're like, what, 1989? Yeah. Uh, and Cowboys Steelers is 1975. Too I just, old. those are those are the two I have ranked ahead of them. And for 49ers Bengals, I'd have to be like, yeah, it's the John Candy moment for, for Joe Montana. John Candy. But like, I don't, oh. I don't think people, oh. right. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I don't know, like, yeah, I, I could even write in John Candy moment, but I still don't think that that's going to be good enough. So I'm going to take Broncos Packers. That one was a phenomenal one. But yeah, it, this is the one where John Elway ends his drought. It's the 1997 one. It has uh, the greatest running back performance in the Super Bowl that I've ever seen, Terrell Davis. Mm -hmm. uh, playing through a migraine, by the way. Yeah, he uh, Terrell Davis scored three touchdowns, 157 yards with a migraine. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's decent. But yeah, it, the Packers tied it up. Uh, coming out of the half, 92-yard drive from the Broncos. Uh, the helicopter, Elway helicopter. This is before Rosencopter. Yes. Elway got helicopter converted a third and six on an eight yard play. Great game. I probably watched a couple others before, but that's the first one I remember. It was at six that Super Bowl. Is in this game. Six lead changes. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a great game, no matter what. And it was at that game that Denny Green first met Randall Cunningham. And the rest. Yep. Is and, history. And started, started pitching him to come out of retirement to play for the Vikings. 
Broncos were also four-time Super Bowl losers. People forget that. This game got that yeah. monkey off their back. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then yeah. they, they joined, played the Falcons uh, the next the year. The Broncos, yeah. And went back-to-back? Yeah, they went yeah. back-to-back. Yeah. When, yeah. When Which, so Elway went, from, Elway went from the Marina like to never win one. Uh, screw you. Elway went from a Marina like to never win one to winning two in a row to run. You're giving me lots of time to overthink this, which I have, and I'll go Perfect. with Nance Romo. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not doing the cool thing. I'm doing the the thing that I think will be more popular. I'm gonna finish it out with Bruno. Bruno Mars. Rough. What? Yeah. Oh, you passed was. on Dre, Snoop, and M. That was a great one. Yeah. People Reese loved that one. one. Yeah. Katy Perry was better than Bruno. Yeah. I would have gotten Rolling Stones. Really get the olds. Sam passed up on Left Shark for Bruno Mars? Left Shark. <laughs> Sam, give yourself a what buzzer for that. <laughs> <laughs> Your wish is my command. Those are the teams. Thank you for the thank you for the trivia, Arif. And uh I mean that. Thank Just you an encyclopedia of football. You can knowledge. find my write up on every single Super Bowl over at ProFootballNetwork.com. Unbelievable. It's a very fun draft. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, yeah this is great. Bet. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Arif. It's the Minnesota Football Party. Uh, parlays are in. Uh, let's go. You have two seconds each. Who wins the game? Eagles. Arif. Eagles script already leaked. E- Eagles. Eagles win. Eagles yep. three out of four. 34 Eagles. Somebody already leaked it. Uh, yeah, a pro football reference, right? I don't know if it was a Photoshop so. job or what. That's um, why I went with Chiefs in the first half. Eagles yeah, to win the was game a draft post. I saw that. Uh, show is brought to you by FanDuel. Thank you for watching. Back on Monday to break it all down on Locked On Sports Minnesota and the Minnesota Football Party. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.